Hey, William. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the table, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the Will and Dave Show. We made it, Will. We did it. Round Another week. Four. Is this week four already? I think this is. I think this is episode four, like proper episodes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, four weeks. Time flies when you're having fun, baby. <laughs> and are we ever having fun? <laughs> I, I uh, I'm not sure who's going to be watching this week, but if you're watching, we are back to our snarky selves. Oh, yeah, no more, no more sappy Memorial Day crap here. I had a, I had a friend of mine. Who, he was over for lunch the other day, and he said, "What's with the John McCain stuff?" And I said, <laughs> "I said he's a cool guy." He said, "Yeah, but he was a lousy politician." I Ooh. said, "Let me guess, you didn't vote for him for president, did you?" And he said, "No." <laughs> and I, and I said, "Then you should be happy that he was so gracious and conceding." <laughs> Yeah. Like, what's not to like? Oh, what a week. That jawline. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, William. Ooh. <laughs> I've been listening to, I was listening to the, the, the um, Matthew McConaughey book. Oh. So now every time I want to, like, emphasize things, I just get really breathy with it. So in that whole book I listened to, I think about 80% of it. The thing I like when he says, green light. <laughs> green light. Green light. That's right. I can't. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> you know, is there anybody with the exception of Matthew McConaughey who has made more, made more from one line? All right. All right. All right. And maybe Bill Arnold Schwarzenegger with a, I'll be back. But yeah, I'll be back. Put the cookie down. Arnold's got so many of them, <laughs> but all right. All right. All right. Is iconic to say the least oh man you could say it's become part of the american film zeitgeist huh i I have a finger it's a good thing my camera is set too high (laughs) i have a finger that's aimed right at you (laughs) tell me where to go and how to get there i'll give you a roadmap buddy (laughs) (laughs) i tell you american zeitgeist (laughs) Zeitgeist. I love it. I used to think I was smart until I met my son all grown up. Yeah. I know everything now. <laughs> You've been married for how many years? You should have figured it out by now. You don't know anything. I have been married this year, William. It is 30 years this year. Right. See, 30 years. I know that because I'm getting close to 30. So you would have to have been married for 30 years. That is true. Staring 30... down the barrel of a big 3-0. I'll be oh. middle-aged. Hey! <laughs> she's got my back. She knows everything. Like me. Oh. Yeah, I'm not super jazzed about being middle-aged. It's not my fa- It's not the best feeling ever. I'm getting there. You know, I worked with your mom all day today. She was uh, speaking of Susan and knowing what zeitgeist is. <laughs> You guys drive me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And we enjoy every minute of it. Oh, man. So we're watching, over the past probably four years, I have been a fan of an entrepreneur online. His name is Pat Flynn. 
And your mm -hmm. mom and I have been watching him over the years. And one of the things he does a lot of is webinars. And so your mother thought, maybe I should do one for her business, which by the way, I'll get into a little bit later as one of our sponsors. But so we've been, she has been working very hard for about the past month and a half or two months on getting the slideshows ready and the, the video clips and everything. And uh, this morning we put on her webinar and your mother knocked it out of the park. She is a, she's a natural born teacher and who knew? Uh, as the person she homeschooled for like 11 years, I did. Yeah, but remember, you didn't learn much. You had to leave home to learn anything. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> you had to learn home. You had to leave home to learn the word zeitgeist. Uh, yeah, technically. But I can blame mother for my my love of writing. There you go. That's true. And reading in general. Well, you can add. Yeah, the reading is both of us because uh, we both are readers. But hmm. speaking of Susan, I might as well get this out of the way. Susan is a quilter and one of the things that she does for us is she buys the software that allows us to do this show because we also use it for her show. And if you'd like to know anything more about her or her new master class, which is beginning in January, uh, you can go to her website and sign up for it. She is an amazing, an amazing lady. Ah, and, and, and that's the wrong oh, one. Oh, I'm learning. <laughs> there we go. Hey, Will. Good to see I, you. I say this purely objectively. Yes. If you're a person who loves like uh, um, kind of like Wes Anderson style, like quirky, uh, uh, minute art, like art that is all about like the weird little details and everything and the symmetry of things. Hold on. Look at her, look at her Instagram page. No, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm what? going back. Who the heck is Wes Anderson style? He's a director. It's, it's, it's a little thing online where you, you see pictures of like quaint things that are oddly symmetrical. It's, it's a Wes Anderson thing. Anyways, she did. She, I, I, yeah, she was very good at it. Um, but if you like that kind of thing, I, I say this, even if you don't quilt, go to her Instagram and look at the pictures of her quilts. The stitching she does is so fabulous. It, 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 it is art. It is not just clothing or blankets. It is artistic. Yes, it is artistic. And I I am not non-objective. I'm very objective. Is that how you say that? Uh, you would be subjective. Subjective? I am a subject. Yes. Subjective <laughs> means it's an opinion. Objective means it's factual. And Oh, shut the hell up, William. <laughs> She's really damn... I'm going of the things I'm teaching you. She's really damn good. <laughs> so i'm very happy to have her as a sponsor and another one that i want to give a shout out to here if i can ever find my mouse are are the hardys we, we own a business in canada and we were building this huge complex a number of years ago and they came up, moved onto the property, and we built the camp out of an open field. And without it, we wouldn't be where we are today. And so I'm, ah! Welcome to the Will and Dave Show. Did it again. I did it again. I keep hitting that you wrong one. 
we would not be where we were if it was not for Kelly and Dottie Hardy. And they called us up uh, a few weeks ago and said, hey, Dave, we want to help with the show. How do we do that? And so they wrote us a check, and it was actually really cool. How nice of them. That's what I thought. Thanks to Kelly and Dottie. I didn't even have to make anything up. That's the scary part. I didn't have to yeah, make I up know. nice things to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so yeah. <clears throat> before we get into today's show, I have a quick content advisory. Uh, we're going to be talking about defunding the police, which may devolve into conversations about uh, racism, potentially uh, violence and corruption. So just be aware there's going to be some slightly heavier topics today. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for that. On to uh, much more pleasant things. Like babies. So we for those have... of you who are listening and not watching, we're, we're looking at a video of my niece, Kendra, in a jolly jumper, just being a baby. Uh, sucks to suck, you can't see it. It will be on YouTube, though, which you can find from our website. And you yeah. can watch our baby, too. Yeah. Do it. She's adorable. It's like a direct injection of, what am I thinking of, serotonin? Happiness. Into your brain? Is. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Happiness drugs. Happiness drugs. Happiness drugs. I can't think of the word. Bad teacher. So we were going to have a segment for things that make me smile. And I realized that all I have to do is see a baby Kendra and have her give that smile right there. Yeah, and he agrees. And I'm smiling. I can't stop. And <laughs> so I have just decided to every time we're going to do happy things, I'm going to play a video Kendra. And we're just going to do our happy thing over Kendra. She's on a loop and I don't even care if it's jerky. She makes me happy. But there are some other things in life which have made me happy this week, and I'm going to go over a few of them with you, Will, because this is the happiness segment. Lay it on me. So one of the things I do for my for my day job is I'm a volunteer, and I drive a bunch of foster kids around for appointments and for placement, etc. And anybody who has worked with foster kids knows it's not an easy life it's it's hard they go from home to home from group home it just isn't easy and this week i had the pleasure of giving one of the young men in my my list his last ride as a foster kid because he was going home with his grandparents and there is nothing more satisfying than to see this smile on a kid who's been bounced home to home to home you know, from his lawyer to whoever. And he gets to go home and that smile on his face. And it was just, it was one of the sweetest things in a long time for me. Smile Ex of going home. Except for baby Kendra. Except for baby Kendra, yeah. It's kind of hard to top that. It's, it's funny that you bring up kind of like a, not bittersweet, but like something somber that makes you happy, that turned into something that makes you happy. Because yeah. that's also where my happy thing for the week comes from is I had a wonderful argument with my wife. And by wonderful, I don't mean it was fun to have. But whenever we, we get into a subject and we really break it down, it's never comfortable. Like ever. I'm not good at communicating how I feel. And as painful and, and excruciating of a process as it can be to break things down with her, we always end up better for that struggle. That makes sense? It does. Like, and so post-argument, after, you know, all, all the fight-or-flight hormones and all the 
grouchiness over not necessarily getting my way gets out of my system there's always this wonderful it's like it's like when you have a stomach ache and all of a sudden the stomach ache just like goes away and you feel so good inside not because you actually necessarily anything's better per se but you're no longer in pain right and somehow after an argument it's it's a painful process but then once it's done and once that settles you're in a better place than you were pre-argument right. and that's always such a wonderful feeling and that was something that i was very appreciative of this week was that process as uncomfortable as it is that just makes us better people so i've been married for 30 years 30 yeah we've been over that you've always Stop bragging at the end of an argument is always the best part of an argument <laughs> when it's over <laughs> When the argument I think it was done. you that taught me taught me in, in negotiations, the way you know a deal was fair is if both parties walk away slightly unhappy. I don't uh, think this qualifies as that because this isn't a, a transaction. But I'm sure I read that somewhere because I don't think I'm nearly smart enough to come up with that. <laughs> I can corroborate that statement. <laughs> so as much as I love baby Kendra, I think we're going to leave her for this week. <laughs> if you want to see more baby Kendra, she was on uh, got two weekends ago so episode two she was on and you can see another beautiful video of her making a smile she'll be a returning guest on the show i'm sure oh as often as i can get her she i actually have permission from her mother on everyone that i've used because every time i want to use a video i call up my daughter and say hey is it okay if i use another video kendra <laughs> you're just using it as a good excuse to milk more videos out of her i sh don't say anything <laughs> <laughs> giving it away the jigs up so a few weeks ago i called my si sister yes i called my sister up and i said hey is there anything that i can do or that we can do to make the show flow better to make it more easier to listen to right and after laughing at me and telling me just to be quiet and play more baby videos her suggestion was that we remove the the lines in the sand for the segments. And I thought it was really cool yeah. because it does. I mean, I was working as hard to make the segments in the show. And I just want to give a big shout out to my sister Murray for giving us that suggestion because it makes it easier on us too. We don't have to plan it hey. quite so much. Yeah. We still plan it, but it's not as strictly enforced. So it lets it, let's it flow a little nicer. We have a question. Oh no. Do I have to read it out loud again? Oh, yeah. In your best Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Uh, no. <laughs> I would not put anyone through that. All right. Should our cult leader concede the results of our election, or should he continue to attempt to have the courts overturn the results of the election? Dave, I know that you were an English major at Harvard University, so sorry for any syntax mistakes. I am a simple, uneducated evangelical Christian, that's from R. So for Sorry the... for your luck about being an evangelical Christian there, pal. Tough break. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, I don't, I don't think I've been to Harvard. Not that I know, but I'm pretty sure my syntax is better than his. <laughs> for those um, of you who tuned in a few weeks ago, he wrote in a couple questions and uh, he didn't hit spell check before he hit send. <laughs> uh, but to, to answer the question, um, 
I mean, if I were a Republican, would I want him to concede? Maybe, because at this point he's kind of, this is coming from a, a, a liberal. I don't think he's going to win the election in the courts. And so I think that any Republican that also doesn't think he's going to win the election would love for him to shut up so he could stop embarrassing them. But I don't think that he will, whether or not he should. I think he's going to drag it out to the bitter end. I don't think I can argue with you. I'd love to. There's there's a piece of me, and William and I have had this conversation. There's a there's a piece of me that says he can't be this dumb. That he must have an ace up his sleeve. He must have something somewhere. Because I don't think he's this dumb. It's possible. I I, I lean a little bit more away from him. Not necessarily being dumb, but... I think it's a great fundraising method. I, I would I would put my own money to say that the GOP's donations are up astronomically from what they were a few months ago. They're probably making buttloads of money. Maybe they should be, I guess, soliciting funds from the left, saying that if they pay him, he'll shut up. <laughs> People might actually pay for that. <laughs> so Rob has another question. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I took my glasses off. I just like to see you put the glasses back on. Will the U.S. Supreme Court uphold the Affordable Care Act, ACA? If yes, did our cult leader fool evangelical Christians into voting for him as it relates to the ACA? If no, then does it really matter who you voted for since you live in a quote-unquote blue state? I'm going to leave the glasses on for because I think we have another question. But uh, I don't think the court's will will overturn it because I, I despite the fact that the courts are are leaning like the the Supreme Court leans Republican I I have some faith in those justices and I don't think they would overturn it I think they would respect the vote that passed to, to not uh, to not overturn it I I think it'll be interesting you might be right because one of the major arguments is that it should be operated through uh, through uh, the local level at this at the state but mm-hmm. there's a lot of unhappy people with it you know it's not yes it is not as simple as it is in Canada and elsewhere in Europe so i think that it is yeah. a, it's I'm a not endorsing the system of, i'm not endorsing the system i just don't think that the supreme yeah. court would overturn it i don't think that they i don't think that they think it's their place to do it Right. It's a hard one. And to get to his other other half, our evangelicals are the feeling of betrayed. I I am an evangelical and I I don't feel betrayed. I feel that it was doomed before it it began, either either through the courts or just the fact that it is the one of the worst pieces of legislation ever written the idea is good i don't think anybody argues that we shouldn't have health care it's just how you do it how you do it is it a hybrid of the american way and the canadian or the european way is it a is it all free how it happens and the aca it was a movement in that direction, I don't think it was well done. And I, I personally, I think it was 
it was doomed right from the beginning. Although, mm -hmm. having said that, there are lots of people who have existing health conditions who relied on it. So there's a piece of me that says, you know what, let's leave it in place until we can find something better. See, that's where I land on it is that I feel like it's a failing of the Republican Party that they couldn't, or of Trump and his cabinet, that they couldn't right. find a good solution. It's not that they didn't try. I mean, if you voted for him for him to try, he did try. He just didn't get there. He didn't find an amicable solution. Yeah. So there's not an easy answer. And evangelicals and Trump have a history, which I'm sure we will talk about. Yeah. Another, I don't think they should feel segment. cheated. No. They could feel let down, though. I yeah. could definitely see them being let, feeling let down. Yeah. Maybe Is it okay if we get off of Trump? I'm so tired uh, of talking. Do we have any more questions? But I'm also sick and tired of talking about him. Don't, don't we worry. have one that has to do with your prime minister, except I don't have it on the screen. Oh, because, well, I'll let you read it off then. Well, I don't have it written anywhere. Oh, okay. So I had an email this week, or actually as a message on Facebook from a friend of my wife's, a by the name of Pris. And she had seen a show on Fox News in which one of their personalities, I think it was... Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I Mr. Think I know Car what you're talking about. Yeah, your buddy Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> Tucker. <laughs> we'll call him Tucker from now on. Tucker. Tucker yeah. Carson. Because you love him so much. Um, uh. Well, look at that jawline, Will. Come on. He was going on... About a statement that your prime minister made up in Canada about not my prime minister resetting the global economy or resetting the global system. Hey. And so I, so I watched the clip and I am not a fan of Fox News. And so I, I watched it hesitantly. And because I don't like media as a rule i went and i watched the whole actual broadcast of i think it was a un initiative if yeah, i remember it right it was yeah and then i forwarded on to you will and said hey he's your prime minister what do you think yeah um well i would love to say that fox news really ripped it out of context and to a certain extent they did they're they're extrapolating the worst possible meaning from that uh to say that uh, an economic reset is a lofty goal is putting it very lightly and i don't even think that it's necessarily a good goal um i think the prime minister is hinting at a way of of moving more quickly than in the past towards more socialist uh, economic ideals which i'm not going to get into whether or not those are good or bad but i think that he's viewing He's doing what we've had to do for COVID, like all, all of the the financial aid that has been handed out for COVID as a, he, he wants to try and use it as a springboard to more socialist economic policies, which I feel is very disingenuous. I would rather work if it assuming I wanted to work towards those exact socialist economic policies, I would rather do it the proper way through the proper channels as opposed as opposed to using a pandemic as a springboard. It might expediate it, yes, but I don't necessarily think speed is good. So let me get this right, Will. Fox News had a point? 
No, Fox News are still assholes. Uh. <laughs> that doesn't stop them from having a point, though. It went... So if I hear you right, you're saying, yeah, they took well, out a contest, but it still wasn't good. What, what he said, what the prime minister said has issues. What Fox News was insinuating is that the prime minister wanted to take away all your rights, take away all your money. And and basically they wanted they were accusing him of trying to use it to springboard straight into communism. No, they were alluding whoa, 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 whoa. we're going to go there. It's not straight yeah, to yeah, communism. Yeah. It's straight to no, socialism. But, you know, that's what the prime minister was was alluding to what Fox News was alluding to was that they thought Prime Minister was going towards communism. What I don't, I don't think the Prime Minister is doing that. I think that Fox News was insinuating that. Uh, that's a pretty strong insinuation. I don't know that I get that out. It's of it. Tucker Carlson. I feel like I'm well within my rights to make that claim. And I'm not a fan of Tucker, but <laughs> I don't think he was going that far. I do think that as society, we often exchange, especially those on the right. We often exchange the idea of socialism and communism and say they're all bad. And yes, comrade. <laughs> I'll be back. I, 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 so I watched the whole clip. And you know what made me the maddest in the clip? What? Was that ignorant reporter from your country. And I'd like my answer in both official languages, please. Like seriously, it's the UN. It's yeah. There's just well, I guess there are technically a couple of countries there that would have French as their primary language. So I mean, eh. But the way he asked it was kind of snooty. Yeah, it was. I would like to have the answer in both official languages, and I just wanted to reach through my monitor and punch him. Except I didn't want to. I didn't want to replace my twenty-five dollar monitor, so I didn't. Yeah. What he asked for is okay. How he asked for it was douchey. Was being a jerk. Yeah. I mean, just, Trudeau, Trudeau is like the best prime minister we've had in a while uh, since like what, Chrétien, in terms of his bilingual uh, speech giving? Oh, oh, is that He's the amazing stick? So, yes, so yes. to be snooty to Trudeau and be like, I need it in both oh. languages. It's like He's going to give it in both languages and he's going to sound fine doing it. Yes. I, I. So after I got over that part of it, I went and I listened in, to everything he had to say. And William, I don't like Trudeau. I never have. I don't think he's an amazing leader. I think his hair is really nice, and his gray beard—the gray in his beard—is oh, very great. Is very very uh, regal. Very regal. That's a good word for it. Yeah. But it it is so disingenuous, and the fact that you guys in Canada are not screaming bloody murder—that he said that he. He wants to use the effects of the pandemic to work on resetting the economy mm-hmm. or resetting the economic system that they have. And he used the phrase according to our pre-pandemic plans. So that yeah. phrase should f- scare the pants out of you. Well, as I said, he, he, I think he's alluding to use, wanting to use the pandemic as a way to accelerate uh, their own their 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 agenda and I don't like that I don't like using if they could if they could truly prove that what they had was in the best interest of the people sure but they can't that's why it's still a contested plan that's why we're still fighting over it as a country but should so you guys just be choked that he would I'm say choked? that I mean you sent me the clip and I was choked 
but shouldn't upset about it. right and left be upset about that phrase that to be this fair, I haven't us... looked into the reactions. I wouldn't be surprised if some people on the left and right, well, right are definitely pissed. The left, I would like to see more people pissed. I haven't looked very hard though. So this is one of the arguments against the mainstream media, which I hate that phrase, but is it hasn't made it to the mainstream media because they yeah. don't want to cover that kind of stuff. And yet, if you watch the whole thing, you do it in context, It it's pretty ugly. Like yeah. the guy, he and said that, something that should have every conspiracy theorist just jumping up for joy. Yeah, because we're going to reset it according to our pre-pandemic plans. Like what, yeah. the, what the hell and were I, those pre-pandemic plans? Well, I, I think they're the same plans that the Liberal Party has had. They're just looking at excel at using it as a as a kind of a, a a boost, a jet propulsion system for their plans. But I have seen on my social media, like my more conservative people that I follow, have talked about it. There's been you know hashtag stop the reset. Right. But you're right. Uh, left wing. I haven't seen any left wing news about it. I haven't seen any left leaning people on my social media talk about it because they may or may not even know about it. Like there was a relatively obscure meeting. If you weren't looking for it you probably wouldn't find it or if tucker carlson hadn't talked about it you probably wouldn't find it oh it made the rounds of the right here because it was on the yeah. ben shapiro so it yeah, was on tucker sense. carlson of course because they look for things that no, make them angry. easy prey for them so this is <clears throat> one of the differences i just want to point this out guys this is one of the differences of our show we look for things that make us happy we want things that make us happy just so you know, things that <laughs> make us cleanser, happy. Little, little, little ear bleach. <laughs> yes, because it's. <laughs> I just had enough talking about our elected officials. God, they piss me yeah. off. <laughs> How about we talk about something lighthearted? Lighthearted. Like defunding the police. Oh, that was a smooth segue. I'm sure Murray's going to talk to me about that. Yeah, it's more of a pogo stick than a segue. <laughs> Who wants to defund the police? Uh, If we look at it from a moderate sense of view, me. No, no. I want to take it from from the signs that are being held up Mm. that say we want to defund the police. From the website for defund the police dot whatever. Well. Who wants this to happen? Well, okay. So if we're going by websites, I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to quickly go to the source while we intro to this. I'm going to go directly to defund.ca. I'm going to click their little Toronto button here, and I'm going to pull up their template for what they want you to send to your elected officials. Uh, Oh, please do that. I want to know. I'm going to do it right now. I've got it in front of me. I'm prepared. I did my research, (laughs) which is to say I have three browser pages in front of me with relative or relevant information. Okay, it's not loading the email thing, so I'll go to tweets. Hey, Tim, if you're still watching, you really need to abuse William more. Just so I'm just saying, if you're still there, (laughs) send in some more nasty comments for Will. I'll put them right up on the screen. Uh, That was actually really specific. They were like specific. They in that particular tweet, like pre-made tweet, they want to specifically. So you look this up. You look for that website. I'm gonna. I have it. Okay, go ahead. Here is a basic. Uh, a basic pre-made 
email that defund.ca. So I'm assuming that this is, I'm going to assume that this is right. pretty heavily leaning into defunding the police in Canadian cities. This is their pre-made letter that you can send off to the local elected representative in Toronto in this case. I am writing to express my outrage regarding the astronomical police budget of 1.76 billion that continues to rise yearly. Police continue to militarize their force while our needs are not being met. Investing in our communities will eliminate the need for this militarization by reallocating the budget to more effective alternative services. Police do not make people feel safe. They especially target and harm black and indigenous peoples, which hurts our entire community. We've seen that police reform, such as investing in body cameras, civilian reviews, or de-escalation and implicit bias training does not work. We need to defund the police immediately. That's underlined and misspelt apparently somehow. <laughs> July 19th, is this something we should be sending uh, to Rob for, <laughs> for spell check? R for spell check? Yeah. Uh, July 19th, 2020 was a prime example of how police are not serving our communities. The world was witness to the wrongful arrest and detaining of three peaceful protesters at an arts-based protest, drawing attention to the genocidal violence and racist histories of three statues and also the system of policing and prisons in Canada. It goes into some, oh, wow, this is really long. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing. thing. That's about one quarter of it. Oh, my gosh. So that that that's a relatively uh, extreme official standpoint is for heavy defunding that body cams and retraining are not uh, uh, enough. Yeah, so that's 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 about as far left as I would reasonably read in terms of official statementing. Obviously, you can find much more extreme opinions if you talk to uh, or if people that are are protesting and or rioting. So if you are brave enough to stand in the, right at the front of a protest in Portland, you might have something a little more left than that. Is that what you're saying? It's possible. I, I mean, I know people that have been to those protests that are not more left than that letter. Here's my, here's my angle. I, I, I don't think anybody would argue that the police in any major country or developed nation are overworked, mm -hmm. are probably underpaid, mm -hmm. who deal with situations that they have not been trained for. Yes. For domestic violence, for, for mentally ill people, etc. But yes. they also, they also are the ones who are in harm's way if somebody is breaking into your house. Yes. They, they also are who we call if there's a problem in our neighborhood and somebody is going down the street and throwing rocks at windows, we call yes. the police. Yep. So for me, as, as a more right than you, dude, I don't, <laughs> I don't see how you can say, hey, let's just remove money from the police, from their budgets. Let's remove money from what they're doing or from what they're getting and let's just hand it to somebody else. I don't think that's you actually, wise. You touched on it with your first three things there responding or not. Yeah. I think it was responding to uh, mental health emergencies responding to what was the other one again? Uh, domestic, domestic violence, domestic, domestic violence, uh, violence. I think they should be called but more more clandestine domestic issues. What 
I've found from more uh, uh, more moderate viewpoints, which I would agree with a little bit more than 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 far left viewpoints, is the idea of defunding the police not in an, not in an, a complete sense. Like we're not in terms of the work that police do that police are needed for. So responding to violent crimes, uh, etc. That would not change. They're still funded to do that. But when it comes to responding to wellness checks or mental health. Uh, situations and things like that, rather than trying to train the police to do that too, we'd rather take the money that would be going into that and put that into professionals that already exist for dealing with those, like social workers. So I just want to go back to... It's just switching which professional responds to the job. But they already are under... The majority of them are underpaid. The majority of them are underfunded. The majority of them, they do not receive enough to to put their lives on the line. So what we're saying is we want to take money away from the organization and give it to somebody else. Sort of, sort yes. Of. I mean, on the surface, yes. This is all in theory, obviously. Obviously. In theory, if you take away all those extra services that the police are being required to take on their shoulders, you will increase the amount of time that police have to respond to other more serious events. And you will increase the number of officers who are available to respond to those. So in theory, you could be cutting down on officer overtime. So let's look at the phrase though, is to, is to defund the police. To remove funding from the police. But this is what I'm saying though. You'll have less overtime and less overworked police officers because they'll have less they will have less required work to do, but the police officers still exist, obviously. So you can put, funnel more police into doing those sorts of things. It's kind of a similar concept to to why uh, uh, one of the reasons why Canada wanted to decriminalize marijuana is that not only does it allow us to tax marijuana to get the government more money because the government loves money like that, it also means we don't have to pay police officers to enforce laws that are very difficult to enforce. And in this case, we don't have to pay police officers to go on mental health and wellness checks. We can have professionals who are more more properly trained to do that, do that, and let the cops go do what cops need to do. No, the whole reason we legalized weed in Canada, you legalized weed in Canada, is because it makes it much easier to catch the criminal because they're laying on the couch eating, eating a bag of Cheetos and, and a brownie, like, it just excuse me excuse you i i take offense to that <laughs> when i'm high i do not eat cheetos okay, i'm a sour cream and onion kind of guy there you go i ruffles, rest my baby. case ruffles ruffles but i'm not a criminal most of the time so tim vanden if i could see my so this is my that is a very good point is this... uh, for those who are listening yeah, is defund the wrong word to use then? I, fantastic point. Yes, except if you look at society, and I'm going to get on the media again. It's, it's one of my it's one of my rants. You see the phrase, you see the websites you read, mm-hmm. the thing in the news on satellite radio is is all to defund the police, to defund the police, to defund the police. Yeah. Hold on a second. I don't think, if that's not what they actually mean on the moderate left, if that's not, why do they propagate it? 
And they do propagate it. They do. That's a great question that I find indefensible. I, I honestly, well, I, I think that there's the English language has many faults, but one of them is that we have lots of words that we can use to describe things like that. We're not limited in our descriptors. Right. There are, there, there's got to be better words than defund because defund by definition is to prevent or discontinue the receiving of funds. And I don't, I don't think most people on the left, not all, there are, there are people who are extreme, like abolishing police. Right. In terms of most people who support the defunding, I think they're talking about a reduction of funds, a, cut, a cutting back or a curtailing. Um, retraining, sort of. I don't think most people want retraining. I think they want cops to do what cops do. They just want other professionals to take over certain jobs that the cops are expected to do. So I'm going to go back to one of my age-old arguments. I say age-old because I've been married for 30 years. Well, that makes me old. Older than dirt. I keep rubbing that in. Why do we give the most important aspects of our lives? If it's our education, if it is our health care, in this case, our security, hand them over to the least, the least efficient organization on the planet and then expect it to run well and expect Got our it. police officers to, to operate in a manner that... No, you have a very, very good point. And this is something that I, it's something that keeps me from giving full-throated support to a lot of liberal ideals because I share the vast majority of liberal and left-wing ideals. You see that on the screen. Yeah. The problem is, as you say, is the ideal is great. How we get there is not so simple as just cut off funding and it'll, and it'll work out. It's not... As you say, you're, you could funnel more money into the system to fix the problem, but it's a very, very, very inefficient system to begin with. Government as a whole is incredibly inefficient. So what and do so, you say when your prime minister comes out and actually uses the phrase to uh, defund the police? I much. I roll my eyes a lot. Well, I guess I'm saying what does the the moderate left say who hopefully are the ones who carry the the majority I, of the i think i like to think i like to think that moderate left is still kind of eye rolling at the at the usage of the buzzword because that's i think that's why the prime minister uses it is it's the buzzword it's the thing that young liberals are going to latch on to is hey that's what i've been seeing on my social media and my prime minister is saying it, yay, prime minister. I don't know how much further than that the thought process goes for some some people. I, I would like to think that more moderate people see that and, you know, hope that he'll make changes in the right direction towards fixing how policing works. But I, I still, I think, I think the usage of the word defund, like as Tim said, it's just a bad or suggested it's it's a bad word to use. It's it's not properly describing what I think moderate left people want. Or or even I say moderate left. I think even left leaning people, even even like proper left wing that that think that the Liberal Party isn't left enough. So you know proper Democrats that think that Joe Biden is not left enough. That's I a think lot we of still them. don't. We shouldn't like the word defund. It's too harsh of a of a slogan. For what, for what is a good answer, I think. 
that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I just, it's really hard to give any credence to this argument when those in authority are using the same phrases as, as the people in the, in the front line of the protest who hold up a banner as they're screaming in the face of a police officer and they're using this. It's hard to defend that. And I, I do want to say in defense a little bit of the left is that a lot of it is it, it has been propagated on the right is they seize these words, the defund and the images of the riots and they go, ah, the left are all crazy. I don't think the left are crazy, except I do think that the left really are turning a blind eye to some of these inherent issues and some of these phrases and these ideologies and saying, you know what? It's going to serve a purpose for us. Yes. I, I, in, in the same way that you, you give Trump credit for, you like to think that Trump is smart enough to have an ace in his hole. I like to think that the reason that Trudeau is using that word is because he knows the power that buzzword has, and he knows that it's just going to gain him support amongst his voter base by aligning himself with that idea. Um, yeah, it's a hard defense. It's hard to defend that. I get, I get all crazy at the protesters who, who are there. I I had a kid in my car. I'm driving a foster kid the other day. And he was, he's 14, I think. So he's, he's aware of what's going on. So I'm talking and I'm showing him an iPad and we're talking about a few of these riots. So we were talking about there's University of Madison, Wisconsin, who wants, there's a petition on campus now to remove a rock out of the field because the rock in the early 1900s had a nickname of being uh, the N-word head. I don't know if I can actually say that word. I don't I know. I wouldn't advise it. So. You got your point across, though. I got my point across. Now, the rock was not called that. It was a generic name for large rocks that were... So anyways, there's a petition to remove a 70-ton rock from the university. It's a rock. So we're... I'm talking to this kid about this, who's a teenager, and I showed him a picture of one of the protests in Madison, Wisconsin, about this rock. And he said... He said, Dave, he said, if there's something odd about that picture. And I said, what? He said, there's about three black kids in the front row. Everybody else is right. And he said, what's wrong with this picture? And this whole concept that it's the voices of a few who usually who don't have any skin in the game. Who jump up and down and say, we need to defund the police. And... They're saying the wrong thing. I I get what you're saying. How far do you want to go with that, Will? I'm going to put you on on the Will. I don't think that's an apples to apples comparison. Uh, I think that we we can look at the removal of a rock with a a, an iffy name as kind of a laughable thing to be protesting about. A statue may be one thing, but a rock that just has a colloquial, I'm assuming a colloquial name is kind of kind of hilarious in my mind that it's we, not we give a shit it's not the name of the rock will it know, was uh, what uh, rocks were called in the 30s yeah the I, name I of the that, rock that, that, is something else 
that's what I'm saying. Like okay. it's it's the the rock is a poor comparison to the defunding the police because the rock is at at its worst, it's a vestige of bad time and a bad name. That's not as you say, it's not even the actual name of the rock. But the defunding the police is something that relates to actual major societal issues that are still happening and, but, and continue to happen. But these are the uh, same individuals who use the phrase to defund the police who we look at and say, ah, oh, you're using the wrong word. And yet these are the people who who seem to be, who, who set the tone for the phraseologies. It's the guy in the front of the protest that has a banner that says defund the police yes. who sets the tone. It, it's the same kind of guy who de, who protests the removal of a rock. Yeah. Is this not a problem if you are left well, of center even a little bit? Or if you're on the far left, is it not an issue that th the wrong individuals are setting are the, the tone of the, the conversation? Yeah. Yes. I, I think it's a, it's a hard line to tread. Because as, as someone who, res again, it's, it's a situation where I respect the ideal that they're going for. Like, I respect what their, their actual end goal and demands or, or wants are. I don't love the way they're going about it. And I think that, as you say, like, having the people that are the most extreme are using the wrong phraseology to describe the actual ideal that, that we would like... And we've made them the poster children and the front that we've made them the, the figurehead for the movement. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a good thing, but it's a hard thing to criticize because how can I look at, at some black kid who's holding up a sign, defund the police or, you know, racism exists or, or whatever his slogan may be and tell him, ah, you shouldn't hold up that sign. I think he has a valid reason to be pissed. I think that, after the sign has been held up and after his protest and and he's done the actionable thing like he's 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 the boots on the ground part of a movement mm -hmm. when it comes to actually discussing and debating the topic and then when it comes to legislature and things i think at that when we get to that point we have to put a little more effort into how we're describing the things and how we're talking about right. them that slogan yeah, the media has to, to answer Tim's question or Tim's statement of the media has made them the poster children. They it's have, true. and I don't it's think true. that's right. Yeah, I think that they they serve a purpose. They serve a purpose in gaining visibility for a movement and an ideal. But when it when it comes to the actual debate and when it comes to the actual legislation of making that movement and that ideal a reality, I think we need to take a lot more care in the words we use, because we can use all of them. He's limited to what he can fit on a sign. I'm not. At worst, I'm limited to an hour on a podcast. I've got all the time in the world to break down and properly describe my ideas. And I should use that. A person who's writing about it on Facebook, there's not really a character limit on Facebook. Go to town. Really break your idea down and talk about it in depth. Don't just hashtag defund the police and leave it at that. Is there perhaps, to play a little bit of the devil's advocate against your, your argument there, that if you break it down and you really examine it, maybe it falls apart. It's possible. Maybe if you carry that all the way out, and maybe, and this is, it certainly is, is the argument of a number of those on the right 
who look at it logically. I mean, I was I was thinking of uh, the guy who we like, uh, the atheist who we like. Um, what's his name? I can't remember his name. I, I don't necessarily Harris. have an opinion on him yet. Sam I've only Harris. listened to a handful of his work. Who logically, he said, he said, we can't look at this in a logical it doesn't make any sense. And that is, I, is I believe, is when the media, when they lock on to the defund the police, and equally on the right, when they lock on to things that, that are said, they take out of context. I think one of the huge issues in all of this is the media because we rely on them for our information. And honestly, I mean, we don't have the information either. And so you and I are sitting here. I get my monologue now. I get so frustrated when I see the phrases and I see the the arguments. If it be defund the police or or Black Lives Matter, it's not that there isn't an issue. It's It's not that there is not an underlying fault which needs to be fixed. Hey, there you are. Okay. Yeah, my, but, my camera was a couple of issues. But there is very real. There's an issue of the media and the internet, which grabs those things and runs with them. That is so wrong, so wrong. And I want to throw your mother's remark up here. Okay. So I'm gonna. There's three things there I want to respond to. We'll okay. go backwards in order. So first is mom with the, and I still don't know who else the average citizen would actually call upon for help in an emergency. Depends on the emergency. If the emergency is you are having a mental breakdown, you would call for a social worker or someone like that. Uh, if it was a violent emergency, you still call the police. We're not wanting to get rid of them. We're just wanting to relegate them to doing the jobs that require a police officer with a gun. Um, the second one was uh, media holding people on a pedestal and making them the poster children and, and, and being very poor spokesmen for these ideals. And I could not agree more I, with you and with Tim Van Hubel that the media, the mainstream media specifically, is a mm-hmm. terrible, terrible narrator because they will lock on to the most extreme viewpoints because they will make the headlines. And so relying, I use mainstream media as a, how to word it, almost like a, a landmark system for, for stories. Mm-hmm. If it pops up on a headline, I probably will not read the, the article on CNN. But I'll take that headline and I will Google it and I will find more grassroots publications, blogs, newspaper articles, things that are less bombastic. That applies to CNN, that applies to Fox, that applies to all of them. That's just how I do it because I, I couldn't agree more that mainstream media has a tendency to to just pick the most extreme viewpoints they can get their hands on because those, those sell like hotcakes. And then to the first point, which was if we break down ideas and really talk about them logically... Are we going to find fault in them? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. If if we if if we spend the time to talk about an idea and really break it down and look at it logically, if we find fault in it, then it's a bad idea. Find a new one. I I, I this is something that I will probably catch flack for, but I, I couldn't I could not support that more. Now I think that there is a lot of logical benefit to the reduction in police funding, if you want to call it that, rather than defunding. Um, I, I would disagree with Mr. Harris on that one, but I also haven't really read Mr. Harris's comments on the fact. But so, the the idea is the same, though. If we talk about it in more detail and really break down our ideas and we find faults in them, that's why we should be doing it. 
is to find the faults in them so we can improve the idea, improve Here, a movement. Here's one of the issues I have with the whole idea of removing funding is, as I just heard you say, that we don't want to remove them out of the equation unless there's a mental health issue. But if there's a mental health issue and there, there's violence involved, we're going to add the social worker in and the police officer. And then we're saying, except what we really want to do is take money away. And yet we're still using them in the same scenario. So th this it, whole it, idea it might happen. of removing there may money. Be combo situations. It's, uh, I, I don't like the word remove either. I like reallocate. Well, that is still removing. It gets taken look, out of one organization, okay. stick another. I'm thinking. Yeah. Look at it this way. Yeah. Look, look at it this way. That we're using the same money to respond to situations. It's just that we're going to be more specific in, in how we target the situations and with what professionals we send to those situations. The money would stay more or less the same. It's just paying different people to go to the situations as opposed to just the police. Because doing that is cheaper than retraining the police to also be social workers. Well, I do want to say, because I work with social workers on almost on a daily basis. <laughs> I married one. That not one of them is underworked. And if, if we're going to say, okay, now on top of all this, we're going to keep a squad of you who are available around the clock to go to to a guy with mental health issues. I, I think that is a recipe for disaster. This, this harkens back to what I was saying about uh, Canada trying to railroad uh, economic ideals. Yeah. Reallocating funding for the police as opposed to defunding the police is not something that can happen overnight. Right. None of, none of these ideas, as much as we would love to see them change today, right. they cannot do that because there, there is a whole system and infrastructure that would have to be built like a, a massive lattice work of infrastructure that would need to be built to to make any of these ideas happen like to look at to look at joe biden and, and expect joe biden to do that in four years or even right. eight years is ludicrous right absolutely bonkers he cannot do that he, he could never do that right it, it is a, it is a process like because you know the police force in the states you're looking at decades and or centuries of of work that has been put into building it to be what it is and if we don't like the way it is rebuilding it will take a long time too it does it doesn't happen overnight it is going to be a generational problem my children are probably going to be i think my children will be lucky to see the tail end of that and they'll probably have their own problems that crop up at, at the, in that process they'll have their own issues this is the issue of my time but it's going to continue well past my time yeah is a very long-term uh, uh, problem. Right. It's actually interesting. I was having a conversation more with, with some friends of mine. We were talking about the Chinese and how their plans are are actually in decades and in centuries. And here in the U.S. and in Canada, it seems like our plans are two years or four-year plans. And it's it's... It's not an easy. It's not an easy um, answer. Except I, I find as Western civilization that we are really about immediate 
gratification. We're, we're really about how do we fix things now? You know, we're angry at the police now. We're angry at, at the white guys now. We're angry at Joe Biden now. We're angry at Trump now. And we never look further out. I remember years ago, I was at a safety meeting with Shell Oil. And they were talking about, and this was up in Canada. They were talking about, about the plans for Shell Oil. And they, the, the representative who was in the room, he said, they were asking him, you know, are they worried about who was elected, who was not elected? And he said, no, not really, because we don't worry about the three-year plan or the four-year plan is our is our plan is actually is a 40-year plan and the governments in power are not really going to alter what we do it's way out here and i find when we look at these issues for defunding the police for all these things it, it makes us angry now when we look at now and i think if you look at the chinese if you look at some of these other organizations who have long-range plans I don't think they worry as much about now. Thoughts? Yes. Uh, I think that we still need to worry about now in the sense that change has to start somewhere. Right. But I think we also need to find a certain level of acceptance to the fact that it's not going to change fast. There, these are, these are systems that have taken centuries to be built up and they're systems that are probably going to take at a bare minimum decades to change. Uh, I think so. the change has to start. I, I still want people to be upset, uh, maybe not angry, depending on the situation right. and the severity of it. Uh, anger leads to some poor decisions, yeah. but it is certainly something that you should be upset about and certainly something that you could vote about and certainly something that you should care and talk and think about. But it's hard. I find it hard when those that you have to vote for for change is a Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or is a Trudeau who do some who do some pretty silly things and it, it makes it hard for those who are right of center to look at these people and say ah man do we really want to so that is one yeah. of the hard parts from from our side from the right side of center hey will That's we've been an hour man point. yeah we've been an hour and five minutes <laughs> we really got into it oh man it's awesome this, this is a good stuff oh this is what this show was all about was about the this is yeah it, it it's it's one of those it's a hot button topic hot it is hot button topic that's right and yeah i i didn't i didn't cover this in our in our uh uh content advisory but this is this is just a friendly reminder we are not experts by any stretch we we are we are dudes at our computers that googled this stuff a couple <laughs> of times over the week and and did our own little research and we're not experts we're talking about it because we want for us, the joy is in the talking about it, not in thinking that we're going to make some mad discovery or make some some paramount point that that really really shifts the paradigm with this with this topic. Right. The joy is in the actual discussion. It's it's the it's the tempering yeah. of the metal, the sharpening of steel on steel yeah. type idea. Thanks, Gaither Vocal Band. <laughs> oh, hey, we have a fan. E. 
So on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up, Will. I want to invite everybody, hit that subscribe button. It's how we count what we do. It's one of the things that we like. Hit the subscribe button at the bottom of the screen. Are you frozen again, Will? Oh, no, there you are. No, no. I'm just very still. Ah, uh, you're reading. Uh, yeah, we are getting closer and closer to that 100 subscribers on YouTube, which allows us to uh, have an identity within their algorithm, which is always fun. And keep talking to us. We love getting your comments. We don't necessarily respond to every single one of them, but we do get them. And we appreciate the engagement. The engagement means a lot to us on a personal level and on an algorithm level. It gives gives us validity. Hey, there we go. (laughs) There's my word for the day. There's your word. Look at you go. Validity. It's not as long or as convoluted as zeitgeist. Eh, You're working on it. The other thing that you can reach all of our information on our website, which is www.com thewillanddaveshow.com. You can go to our podcast from there. You can go to uh, YouTube. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We don't do a whole lot on Twitter yet because we're not sure how we want to do it because we don't want to be like all the rest of the ignorant people who just retweet Donald Trump. We want, yeah, we want to, we want to, we want to make our imprint somewhat yes. unique also yes. keep eyes open on the website we've got some new stuff coming down the pipe including yeah. uh patreon in the near future yes so keep your eyes open for that it is on its way so like subscribe hit the Comment. bell button and please <laughs> above all of it hey we have a comment that's also in the works tim but don't tell anybody it's real hush hush like can I get it out of the glare? It's good. I see it. I got Old it. Old guy, young guy. Yeah. It's in the works. It's a work in progress, man. It is. Well, on that, that note. We don't, have, we don't have the numbers for it yet. Those are just rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I can't listen to him do voices and not just. Hang out. I'm going to tell a story on Will before we go. Oh, no. Years ago, Susan owned owned a gym. And it was a curves gym for ladies. And if anybody has ever, ever been in a curves gym. Oh, there's, no. There's all these exercises. I... Oh, These no. exercise machines in a circle. And there's a tape recorder at the time. I think it was a CD player. This was a long time ago. Mm. And it ran on a loop. And all it said was, next station now. And every 30 seconds or however long, it would, it would, it would say, next station now. And it was so boring. And it would on for like 16 hours a day. And anybody working in the gym would go stark raving mad from hearing, next station now. So I went to William and I asked him to record... Everything. <laughs> I'm not going to do them. You're going to do some of them. You have a, a to. Part, do, uh, you have to do Steve the Sailor. <laughs> Steve the Sailor, please. I'm doing my best not to be offensive here. But next station now, please. Just scooch over, ladies. Swap to the next one. He did a Yoda. He did Darth Vader. Yoda, he did a bunch of them. And so instead of listening to next station now in some. Obscure. Next station, comrade. Yeah, yeah, we did a whole bunch. So it made whoever <laughs> was working in the gym 
at least they can have a chuckle every now and then. And it, a little bit of spice of life. That's right. So, yeah. So we just want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving, which is next week, I believe. Weird Americans. Hey. I already had mine. Well, that's because it gets 90 below up there at the end of October here. We don't have any snow on the ground. <laughs> that's true. That's so we, true. we can afford to wait an extra month for Thanksgiving. And for those up in Canada, sucks to be you. You wish you were having a turkey next week. This is true. So thank you all. Have a wonderful evening. And good night. Good night. Check us out at www.thewillanddaveshow.com.